0: that we speak accurately and, and, and say what you once said. In the name of Jesus and all of God's people that agreed with that real loud said, amen. amen. You can be seated. Let's go to, to Galatians, the fifth chapter in the first verse. Galatians, the fifth chapter, if you would, in the first verse. Galatians, the fifth chapter and the first verse. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Notice the Bible tells us to stand fast in the liberty. Lest we become entangled again in a yoke of bondage, if we don't stand fast in the liberty which Christ has made us free, then will eventually be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You know, being just days before the 4th of July, which of course is the day we as a nation celebrate our liberty and independence from Great Britain, I wanna talk today about liberty and independence and the fact that we are losing that liberty and independence here in the United States of America, and it's happening right before our very eyes. You know, in the Bible, we observe again and again, people would obtain liberty, they would obtain independence, and then in the process of time, because they didn't stand fast in that, independence and liberty, we see this in the Bible again and again, they would be entangled And wind up back in bondage. The reason. For that is. As we've said they didn't stand fast. In the liberty that they had. And. They'd move away from. And stop doing. The things that caused them. To become free in the first place. They moved away from the foundation. That brought about. Their liberty and independence. And that's what happens again and again as you read the Bible and that's what the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is warning us of is that we need to stand fast in that liberty or we're gonna be again entangled in bondage. And again, I want you to think about this. The reason that people lose their liberty and freedom is that they'll move away from and stop doing the things that caused them to become free in the first place. They move away from the foundation, notice from the foundation that brought about their liberty and independence. In Psalm chapter 11 and verse three, Psalm chapter 11 and verse three, the Bible says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Notice a foundation, remember in, you need to know this a foundation is that by which something either stands or falls if the foundation is destroyed then that which stands upon it will also be destroyed a house or a building is only as good as the foundation in which it stands on if the foundation is destroyed then that which stands upon it will eventually crumble and fall And so it's important to know what the United States of America was founded upon so that we can see if the foundation is indeed being destroyed. I'm gonna read several quotes from some of our founding fathers to help us better understand what America was founded upon. The Mayflower Compact, which was the first governing document of the pilgrims said this, having having undertaken for the glory of God the advancement of the Christian faith. Notice Christian faith. Not just religion, but Christian faith. John Adams and John Hancock, remember John Hancock, unashamedly signed the Declaration of Independence larger than anyone else. Both he and John Adams said this, we recognize no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus. A lot of people want to use the word or the name God, but there's a whole lot of people don't want to use the name Jesus. Be watchful of somebody that just uses the name God but won't bring Jesus into it. You need to be watchful of those people. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Alexander Hamilton said, the constitution is a system which, without which the finger of God never could have been suggested. James Madison came up with the three branches of government from the book of Isaiah, where in Isaiah 33, it talks about the Lord being our judge, the judicial branch, The Lord is our lawgiver, the legislative branch, and the Lord is king, which would be the executive branch. And Madison said that God will save us based on the book of Isaiah. George Washington, first president of the United States, said this, Do not let anyone claim tribute of American patriotism if they even attempt to remove religion from politics. And then he went on to say, to the distinguished character of patriot, it should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of Christian. George Washington. John Quincy Adams said, the birthday of our nation is indissolubly linked with the birthday of the savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Patrick Henry, who said, give me liberty or give me death also said this nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thomas Jefferson made this statement. He said, God who gave us life gave us liberty and And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their basis or their foundation? So you can see that the foundation of this nation, this great nation, it was founded upon God and upon his son, the Lord Jesus Christ and upon the word of almighty God. You need to understand that. And that is the foundation of this great nation. That's why the nation is great. So America was founded on godly principles of the Bible, and it grew to be great. Proverbs 14 says, righteousness exalts a nation. And again, America was founded upon the words of the Lord. The Lord Jesus has become exalted by God and has successfully weathered many storms and stood strong as a result. But Proverbs 14, which says, righteousness exalts a nation also says that sin is a reproach to any people. When the foundation of the Word of God is departed from, then that which it stood upon will eventually, as we said a while ago, crumble and fall. In the last few decades, America as a whole has left the foundation of the Word of God. God was kicked out of the public school system basically due to one loudmouthed atheist. Now there's more that can be said about that. She wasn't the only one that Madeline Murray O'Hare, she wasn't the only one that played a part in that. But basically it's, it's one loud mouth person that's gonna see to it that what they want, that their agenda is passed. Did you know one loud mouth person can do far more than 10,000 people that just sit there in silence and do nothing? You can take 10,000 people even that kind of speak up a little bit, but then when there's some resistance, they go away. They're not gonna get as much done as the, the loud mouth person that's gonna just keep pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding. Is that right? What's the old saying? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. And one loud mouth atheist was essentially able to get God kicked out of the public school system. That's sad, isn't it? Remember that for what I'm gonna say here in just a few moments, one loud mouthed atheist. And because of that, because of God being kicked out of the public school system, and there's other things we could say, but that's probably the main reason a generation has now arisen in this nation that does not know God, by and large. World War II General Omar Bradley said this many years ago. He said, "America today," and he was talking about back prior to the ni- prior to 1981. He said, "America today, back at that time, is running on the momentum of a godly ancestry." And when that momentum runs down, God help America. And my dear friends, we're living in, right in the middle of that right now. Since 1973, however, the Supreme Court has allowed unborn babies to be slaughtered by the tens of millions. God cannot and will not bless that sort of thing. Just the other day in the state of Texas, a politician, uh, she stood up, remember in the courthouse, I believe it was and filibustered for some 13 hours fighting for the rights to slaughter unborn babies. I never have understood why a woman would wanna fight for the right to slaughter their unborn child In the womb. But you had that going on just the other day. Dear friends, abortion is murder. It's it's wrong. I'm not here to put anyone down that's had an abortion. God loves you. That child is in heaven. You can be forgiven. But abortion, it's murder, dear friends. And a nation that practices that cannot be blessed by God will not be blessed by God. On top of that, perverseness on television is unbelievable. And this nation has become a pornographic nation. Sexual misconduct and promiscuity on every turn. You can't even walk through a grocery store or a department store anymore without having some form of pornography staring you in the face. You can't even turn on your computer anymore and just try to check your email or whatever without having forms of half naked people staring you in the face. And on top of that, we have come to a time now where homosexuality has moved to the forefront. It 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 hasn't just started yesterday or the day before. It's been going on for a long time, but and it's been going on since back into the Old Testament, dear friends. You need to, you need to understand something. I'm not here to bash homosexuals in any way. God loves them, but I am here to say this: homosexuality, it is sin. It's not only sin. It's God calls it an abomination. You see it in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. If I had the time, I could give you Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament, that homosexuality, a man having sex with a man, a woman having sex with a woman, is, is against God, it's against what God stands for, it's, it, 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 it is not an alternative lifestyle. It is sin and it's even worse than that. It's an abomination to God. You need to understand that. And, and in no way do I think we should, should bash homosexuals in any way. I want to love them. How about you? But you love them by telling them the truth. Did you hear what I just said? Homosexuality is not okay. And just this last week, the Supreme Court passed and made some rulings. And I won't get into all of the legalities of it, but I know that it it essentially legalized uh, some things concerning homosexuality and marriage of homosexuals. And legal, and actually, when that when that happened the president of the United States called from Air Force One and congratulated a couple, I believe it was two women, that were planning to get married just as soon as possible and the president of the United States called from Air Force One and congratulated them. God doesn't like that. God loves the people, but dear friends, God doesn't like that. I said, God doesn't like it. Do you hear me? God's not pleased with that. I said, God's not pleased with it. And the legal analysts have said, as I've listened to all sorts of them this last week, said that what this ruling has done essentially in the process of time has, has opened the floodgates, if you will, for eventually in time for homosexual marriage, gay and lesbian marriage to be accepted and, and become the law of the land in the process of time throughout all 50 states. And I can say, God help us. There are some people that would think I'm mean-spirited and that I'm a hate monger, but I'm not. I'm a minister of the word of God standing here in love, telling you the truth of the matter. Pastor, give us three points in a poem. Don't talk about that. Do you want me to flow with the Holy Ghost or do you want me to just tickle your fancy? It's an abomination what's going on in this nation. And what happened this last week is not pleasing to Almighty God. America as a whole has all but forgotten God. The ninth chapter of Psalms says, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Do you know it's possible for a nation to one time know God and then in the process of time forget him? The Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. You know, it's interesting to compare America with other nations which fell. One such is the Roman Empire. Listen to this. Now Rome fell, we know that. Now listen how America and Rome compare with one another. Rome began as a republic and so did the United States of America. Both Rome and America became a nation among nations. Then both became empires. Both then became the most powerful nation on earth. Both Roman and American currencies became universal around the world. Both became the leading voices in the world to whom everyone looked to make decisions. Both built sports stadiums and enjoyed the brutality of sport the brutality of sport. It is said that Rome's happiness hung on a race. And you know as well as I do that in this land in which we live, many people's happiness hangs upon whether a certain team wins at a sporting event. And that's what happened in Rome. Both became Romans, and you see this in America, have become obsessed with luxuries and pleasure, listen to this, the Roman Christians became just like the worldly Romans. Did you hear that? The Roman Christians became just like the worldly Romans. Let me tell you something about the people of God and a local church. One of two things is gonna happen. The local church is either gonna become like the community and become worldly or the community is gonna be affected by a church that's on fire for God. Did you hear what I just said? And I've watched this over the last 20, 30 years. I've watched American Christians. It's gotten to the point where you can't tell the difference between a Christian and a sinner anymore. You, You can't tell the difference. Sin is just accepted among Christians as it is among the world. Uh... I believe it's wrong to go see an R-rated movie where there's cussing throughout it. I believe it's wrong to go see a movie where there's sexual misconduct in it. You know, I've had people that have been born again for years shout me down over that. I've had people call me into private meetings, and people that attended here in days gone by call me in the office and say, don't say that it's wrong to watch R-rated movies. Well, you know what? I'm standing here loud and clear saying, it's wrong to watch R-rated movies that has cussing in it. Hello? Take it back, Pastor. I'm not taking it back. You can't tell the difference anymore. If you can hear somebody use the name of the Lord in vain and it doesn't bother you, you need to check up on yourself. If you can hear somebody use a four letter word or something like that and it doesn't phase you, you need to check up and see if you're really saved. Did you hear what it just said? But this, is, this nation has gotten to the point where you can't tell a lot of times the difference between, between Christians and sinners. How many of you know, the Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. Is that right? We ought, we ought, to, we ought to act differently than, the, than than people that are sinners. Is that correct? We shouldn't have a holier than thou attitude. We shouldn't act like we're better than them. We ought to love them. But when they look at our life, they ought to see something in our life. I'm talking about sinners. They ought to see something in our life. They ought to see the love of God and the power of God in our life to the point that they want what we've got. Can you say Amen. Is that right? But Rome got to the point that the Roman Christians were just like the worldly Romans. The Christians in Rome were feasting and playing instead of fasting and praying. Feasting and playing instead of fasting and praying. It's gotten to the point in this nation used to be on Sundays, Driving the church, it was dead as a doornail out there. Is that right? All the businesses and things were shut down in honor of the Lord's day. Is that right? How many of you know today here in the United States, you can't tell the difference between Saturday and Sunday. Is that right? Can you see how far we've moved away from the foundation? It's interesting that Rome allowed homosexuality and also allowed abortion. So it's clear to me that America as a whole has left the foundation of the word of God and it's also clear to me the reasons why. Now Alex de Tocqueville, a French political historian who came to America many years ago to see why America was a great nation, best states the reason for America's greatness and decline. Here's what he said years ago. He said, I sought for America's greatness in her spacious harbors and ample rivers and it was not there. I sought for America's greatness in her fertile fields and boundless forests. It was not there. I sought for America's greatness in her public school systems and institutions of higher learning and it was not there. He said, it was not until I went to the pulpits of America and found them aflame with the preaching of righteousness that I understood America's greatness. It's right here. America's greatness, America is not great because of what most people would say is the most powerful desk in the world, which sits in the oval office. And I respect that office by the way, but America is great based on what comes across the local pulpits in the land. Did you hear what I just said? Every local pulpit, every, every pulpit that has media access, television, radio, internet, whatever it is, internet, whatever it is, the most powerful desk in the nation is this, this right, I don't mean this particular one, but every, every pulpit where a preacher stands and declares the word of God. And Alexis de Tocqueville said that America was great because when he went into the local churches that they were aflame with the preaching of righteousness. And dear friends, you know as well as I do, if you've done any observation at all, that's not necessarily the case anymore. But I do wanna say this, and this is something that the Lord has impressed upon me that that he wants me to emphasize because in the past I I, I laid the blame completely here in the pulpit. And the Lord's corrected me that that's just part of it, but you know what, here's the other part. The people play a big part as well. And when the people of God become complacent, you've got a problem. Yeah, but if the pulpits are on fire, won't the people be on fire? Not necessarily. And this is where the Lord corrected me. How many of you know Jeremiah? How many remembers Jeremiah? And he said that he had, it was like fire what? Shut up in his bones. Was he he full of the fire of God? Did he preach to a people that he was full of the fire of God when he preached? Yes. Did he have any effect on those people by and large? Absolutely not. So it not only takes a pulpit, a preacher that's on fire for God, but it takes a people that are willing to let that fire get in them and act upon that fire and be a people that'll stand up in the midst of a, of a perverse generation just like Madeline Murray O'Hare stood up, that one loud mouth atheist stood up and caused some things to change. I tell you, there's no telling what could happen for good in this nation if pulpits were aflame with the fiery preaching of the, 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 the righteousness of God and that a people would get a hold of that and get on fire and stand up like Madeline Murray O'Hare and she stood up for the devil. We could stand up for God. You know what, this nation, we could take it back, couldn't we? Praise God. If congregations throughout the nation would do that. Notice 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 in the Amplified Bible. It'll be on the screen if you don't have it. 2 Timothy 4, verse 3. 2 Timothy 4, verse 3, Amplified Bible. We've used, usually I'd read this and I'd, I'd stress the preacher side of it. The preacher, you know, the preacher, the pulpit. Cause I, cause you know, but let's read this this time and not just look at that, but let's look at the other side of this, these two verses. Second Timothy 4, 3 and the Amplified. For the time is coming when, when, when what? People. When what? People. When people. See, let's don't put all the blame here in the pulpit. The time's coming when, when who? People. people will not tolerate, endure sound and wholesome instruction. But having ears itching, now who has those itching ears? The people. For something pleasing and gratifying, they will, who will? They will, the people will gather to themselves one teacher after another to considerable number chosen to satisfy whose? Their own liking and to foster the errors that they hold. The point I'm trying to make here is that a preacher can stand up here. I know I've done it. I've stood up here and for years and years and years I've preached things and and preached the righteousness of God and done my very best. I haven't been perfect but preached the righteousness of God and I've watched Christians in days gone by and and didn't change them a lick. Not a lick. It's one thing to hear the word of God. It's another thing to do the word of God. You've not only got to be willing to hear the Word of God, but, uh, I mean, I have to preach the fiery... You know why I say the fiery... I don't want to stand here and preach three points in a poem and give you something to ha-ha-ha and laugh a little bit. I'm all for laughing. I'm all for having fun. But how many of you know when the devil's knocking on your door in the midnight hour, the joke I told you on Sunday isn't going to help you. Is that right? But it's the Word of God that we've taught you under the anointing of God that'll help you in the midnight hour. And so, but, but I, I tell you what what it takes is me standing here teaching the word of God not just me but pulpits preachers throughout the land in in, in every venue standing and declaring Jesus is Lord and and, and preaching the word of God with conviction and saying thus saith the Lord and preaching the word of God what the Holy Ghost once said and then have people sitting there not watching their clocks or wondering when is he going to get done but people sitting there hanging on every word listening to what it is that the spirit of God is saying to them through through the preacher and then taking the word of God and letting that change them from the inside out and then stand up like Madeline Murray and only she stood up in the power of the devil stand up in the power of God and say to Washington DC say to the president say to whoever you need to say we're gonna have the will of God in this land and keep beating the desk until it comes to can you say amen? amen The reason this nation is in the shape that it's in is because of the pulpits and the Christians who have not done what they need to do. Sodom, remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember Sodom eventually fell, is that right? And we think about the sin of Sodom and people will say it was homosexuality and and it was, certainly it was. But there were other things going on in Sodom. It, they were, the people were arrogant and haughty and the people were overfed and unconcerned. I don't know, the Spirit of God just wants me to say that you know there's Christians in this land that will not, would not sit here this morning and tolerate what I'm doing right here. Did you know that? Yes. I said there's Christians in this land that aren't going to sit here and tolerate what I'm what I just said in the last 15 minutes or so. They're going to find them someplace where the guy comes in and, and 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 swings in on a bungee cord and 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 tells them a few jokes and a few stories. And then you wonder why this nation is in the mess that it's in. It's not just the Pulpits. It's the pulpits and the people. we I tell you what, if the people wouldn't tolerate that, if the people would say, I want a man of God that's gonna be a man of God and stand and declare the word of God, you'd see how quick some of those preachers would stop coming in on bungee cords and start coming in under the anointing of God. Yeah. Did you hear what I just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? Yes. <laughs> People in Sodom, yeah, homosexuality, all right, but the people were unconcerned. Did you ever notice? Let's talk about the power of people that will speak up. Remember when Jesus was on trial? Remember he stood before Pilate and Pilate could find no fault in him? Remember that? And Pilate sent him to Herod and Herod could find no fault in him? Remember that? And Herod sent him back to Pilate and Pilate still couldn't find any fault in him. And, and, and Pilate was gonna let him go. Do you know why Jesus ultimately, I mean, we understand it was in the will of God and all of that, but, but here's what I wanna point out. Look at Luke 23, 23 in the Amplified Bible. Look at Luke 23, 23 in the Amplified Bible. I wanna just show you the power of the voice of the people. Look at this. Look at this, Pilate said, turn Jesus loose. Herod said, turn Jesus loose. You understand that. But notice when Pilate was gonna turn Jesus loose that last time, look at Luke 23, 23 in the Amplified Bible. But they, that's talking about the crowd that was there that cried out, crucify him, crucify him. Look at this. But they were what? They were what? Insistent, insistent and urgent. urgent. Madeline Murray O'Hare was insistent and urgent, wasn't she? She was the one that, Throw God out of the public school system. Notice the people back there in Jesus' time when Jesus was on trial. The people were what? They were insistent insistent and urgent. And what's that next word? Demanding Demanding with loud loud cries that he... Now look at that. They were insistent and urgent, demanding with what? Loud Loud cries that he should be crucified. And, And their... Voices prevailed and accomplished their purpose. Madeline Murray wouldn't be silenced. There's a lot of people in this land are not for homosexuality, but there's certain ones that are insistent and urgent, demanding with loud cries that their voice should be heard, and eventually because they will not be silent, their voices prevail, and thus you have sin sweeping the land. While Christians sit by and are entertained by a preacher with three giving them three points in a poem. Edmund Burke said this, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men, good people sit by and what? Do nothing. Did you know that most Christians in this nation do not vote? Most of them do not vote. And there's a lot of them now who vote but they don't vote the word of God. And then you wonder why this nation is in the mess that it's in. If Christians would rise up in each election and go to that poll and vote the word of God, in the process of time, righteousness again in this nation could prevail. Jeremiah eighteen fifteen. go there with me. Jeremiah 18:15 This is sobering today. I understand that it is and it should be. Jeremiah 18:15 says because God speaking because the sinners. Did he say that? Did he say that friends? Did he say the sinners? This is back in the New King James. Because who? Because who? My people have forgotten me. They have burned incense to worthless idols. I've actually had people over the years tell me, I can't come to church, I have to stay home and watch the idol. (laughs) Huh? Remember when American Idol was... I'm not against having fun, friends, but I am against putting anything ahead of God. They've burned incense to worthless idols. What does that mean? They've bowed down to worthless idols. They have caused themselves to stumble in their ways from the what, from the what, from the what? From the ancient paths, from the foundations. To walk in pathways and not on a highway. What that means is to walk on paths that are built by men that look right but are not built by God. And that's what many Christians are doing in this hour. And they're not walking on that highway, a road established and built by God. We're gonna have ice cream here in just a few minutes, but I'm here today to tell you that the food you're getting right now is far more important than that ice cream. And one of the things that's wrong in this nation is Christians are more concerned about the ice cream than they are the word of God. Notice verse 16, gets real serious, to make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing. Everyone who passes by it will be astonished and shake his head. That's what happens when God's people leave the paths of God. He says, I'll scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy. I'll show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. If we don't repent, when we have time to repent and calamity comes, there's a day that'll come. If that doesn't, if there's no repentance that when calamity does come, God will turn his back and let the enemy devour. I don't want that to happen. But yet I stand here today and I want you to remember the midnight ride of Paul Revere who warned that the British are what? The British are coming. So with that in mind, I stand here on this Sunday before the 4th of July, 2013. As a modern day, Paul revere, if you will, warning that the judgment of God is coming to the United States of America. I said, the judgment of God is coming. Just like Paul Revere said, the British are coming, the British are coming, the British are coming. I'm standing here telling you the judgment of God's coming, 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 the judgment of of God is coming to the United States of America. unless there's repentance among God's people. And even on a national scale, like in Nineveh, from the greatest to the least, from the king to the creatures. I believe that on 9-11-2001, America received her last call from God. And for the last dozen years, God has given us a time and a space to repent. his preachers, his people, and even the nation. And there's been no repentance. And God will warn before he judges. And if there's repentance, then the judgment does not come. And I'm telling you that if this nation does not repent from the pulpit to the pew, and even out into the the land like in Nineveh, from the greatest to the least, from the king to the creatures, the judgment of God is gonna visit this land. Like you, haven't, like you have not seen up till now. You can go into the book of Isaiah and Jeremiah for the sake of time, we won't turn to all the scriptures, but I believe Isaiah and Jeremiah declared judgment upon a nation that would seem to be America. And they both say Isaiah and Jeremiah, whoa. And that doesn't mean stop. That means Judgment to a land shadowing with wings, which would indicate the eagle, which is our national mascot, which is beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. And with Israel as a focal point, only America can fit this description, to a nation widely spread out, to a people awesome from their beginning, even to the present, to a nation See, we were awesome from our beginning and even to the present, but it's changing and has changed. Woe to a nation meted out, measured. This nation has been measured from pillar to post. Whose land the river divides, the Mississippi cuts it down the middle. To a mingled melting pot of people, and you know this nation has been called the melting pot. And then it says crazy about its idols. And this nation, I'm not talking just about, I'm not talking just now about sinners, but I'm talking about Christians crazy for idols. I remember back in the day when the Rams rose to power and became Super Bowl champions. And in my prayer time, as I'd watch, I'd watch, I could see Christians in this, in this, in this city. And I could see Christians in this city more excited about the Rams rise to power than Jesus rising from the dead. Dear friends, that's idolatry. There's something wrong with that. I said, there's something wrong with it. I'm not against the Rams. I hope they win. But Jesus rising from the dead ought to be more important to you than the Rams rising to the Super Bowl. Can you say amen? amen? And I stood in the pulpit one day under the power of God and I said that that a lamb died at Calvary, not a ram. And I thought the crowd, most of them, was going to take me out back and run me over the hill. In that hour. My God, we ought to be more excited about Jesus than anything else or anyone else. Is that right? To a nation, woe, judgment. To a nation, crazy about its idols. And then Isaiah, Jeremiah say, as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, so shall he do to this nation. The mother who bore her, which would be Great Britain, shall be astonished at the judgment. She'll say, how's the hammer? A hammer in this case shapes. And I know of no other nation that has shaped things like the United States and policy around the world. And how is the hammer that which shapes the whole earth be cut asunder and broken? This nation is powerful and mighty, but God is more powerful and more mighty and God is merciful and God is good and he'll have, if, if preachers are listening to what the spirit of God is saying they'll be standing in pulpits, they'll be on television and radio and internet and every, every venue, if you want to know what the spirit of God is saying right now it's repent, 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 repent from the greatest to the least, from the king to the creatures repent, 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 repent. why? because judgment's coming, judgment's coming judgment's coming, judgment's coming judgment's coming, America has received her last call, judgment's coming, we're in that space right now to repent, God has given us the last dozen years to repent, he wants repentance in the pulpits, repentance in the pew, repentance among the people we're in that space to repent judgment's coming, judgment's coming, judgment's coming, I'm telling you by the holy ghost judgment is coming to this nation the judgment of God is coming to this nation, the judgment of God is coming to this nation and we need to repent, there needs to be a message of repentance, a message of repentance a message of repentance from the pulpit to the pew and out into the land. I don't like what you said, pastor. I don't care. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. And I'm here to please him, not you. Did you hear what I just said? You want a man of God. A man of God is not concerned about pleasing people, but a man of God is concerned about coming in the pulpit and pleasing God. Did you hear what I just said? So judgment must begin first at the house of God. 2nd Chronicles. Just turn there with me. 2nd Chronicles 7:14. King James version, not 2nd Corinthians, but 2nd Chronicles 7:14. King James version. Do you have that? It says, if the sinner, did it say that? No, it said, if who, if who? My people who called by my name, humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their, from their wicked ways. Anything that's out of line with the word of God, anything that we're doing out of line with the word of God is crooked and not in, in wicked. You know, you think about wicked and you think all sorts of things, but anything that's not pleasing to God. We have to turn from it. Pray, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. We'll close in Ephesians, the first chapter. Those of you who pray, I wanna give you a chisel. Do you know some prayers we need only pray once? believe we receive by faith and then thank God for it. But there are other prayers that we pray again and again. And in those cases, those prayers are like a chisel. Have you ever had like a big piece of rock and you wanted to reduce that thing down? What would you do? You'd chisel away at it. How many of you remember the Berlin Wall falling? How many of you remember, you know what I mean by that coming down? How many of you remember that? How many remembers there was a president that stood one time who I have great respect for and he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Is that right? Did you know that something happened long before that wall actually come down? It came down in the spirit before it came down in the natural. And if you look at it, people that that pray, Christians that prayed had been in the spirit chipping away at that wall for years years and years and years and years and years. And then miraculous things took place and God can do a quick work. Things came together and the thing fell and people were amazed. And it wasn't just Mr. Reagan as much as I respect him and he said that and that's good, but that wall had been chipped on in the spirit for years. That's what we need to do if this nation is gonna survive is go right here to Ephesians 1 verse 15. Therefore, I also, Paul speaking here to the F church in Ephesus, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, were these people already saved? Yes, they had faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Do not cease, this is something he did again and again. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers and notice here, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give you, he prayed this again and again, may give you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That's what we need to be praying, you people that pray and, and that, are, that we all need to be praying that, that he said, if my people, if my people, if my people, we need to be praying for the pulpits the preachers, but we also need to be praying for the people. Talking about saved people, God's people, that, that the, from the preacher to the pew, you know what I mean by that everybody? That the eyes of, I mean, half the Christians in this nation not even voting, their eyes need to be opened. Is that right? Is that correct? Christians that vote, and they, they don't vote the word of God Their eyes need to be, you understand, their understanding needs to be opened. We need to pray that the eyes of their understanding, that, that preachers that come out and give people three points in a poem, that they, their eyes would be opened and they, they'd begin to declare the word of God and thunder the word of God in love again. Do you, do you hear me? That the people, that, that, that they'd be hungry for the word of God and not for three points in a poem. Did you hear what I just said? And that there'd be a hunger again, a hunger again, a hunger again, and that people would stand up and be like those people we read about a while ago, that they would be, ins- I'm talking about Christians, stand up and be insistent and be insistent in in the political arena be insistent in every way and be insistent in the community and be insistent that the word of god will prevail i'm talking about i'm talking about christians now that would rise up and run for school board positions and get on the school board and see see curriculums change and 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 that that we're able to teach that jesus is the son of god again in a public school can you say amen, amen. and that the ten commandments can again again be posted on the door of the schoolhouses. That's what we need to start chipping. And and I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, we need to chip quick. Did you get what I just said? Did you hear what it is the Spirit of God saying today? I trust that you did. Stand with me if you would. They're gonna pass the communion out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Go ahead and pass the communion out. I give you a few instructions here while they're doing that. Glory to God.